Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, regular listeners, you may have spotted that we've changed our name. It's now Honey & Co. The Food Sessions. So if you hear this sound, it's just us making dinner. Well, that and the fact that we're not allowed to use our old title anymore. It's just been a bit of a thing, but don't worry about it. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, welcome to Honey & Co. I'm Itamar Surovic. And I'm Sarit Packer. This week, we're in our friend's garden in southeast London. We're going to light up the barbecue and we're going to cook some dishes from our upcoming book, Chasing Smoke. Our book is all about our travels around the Levant, chasing fires everywhere, cooking on grills. We'd love you to have a taste of it. Right, I'm going to go and light the fire. Sarit, you want to tell everyone what we're going to cook? Why don't I go and start the fire? Sarit, why don't you go and start the fire <laughs> and I'll tell everyone what we're going to cook. This week's episode, we're back home. We went to our home country, Israel, and we're going to cook a dish inspired by the stuff they cook there. We are. It's our home country. We left it many years ago, but uh, our families are there, so we go back to visit and we definitely go back to eat. We're going to be cooking kind of a hybrid dish. It's uh, between a baba ganoush and a main course for vegetarians, so a whole roasted aubergine, a whole grilled aubergine, I would say, until it's meltingly soft in the inside. We douse it with like an amazing kind of chili lemon dressing and then some tahini and we serve it with a just charred egg yolk. It's absolutely delicious. And it's very Israeli as well. I think it's the it, spirit is very Israeli. It is. It's this mishmash of... Uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And a veg, you know, being the main course. This is also quite common for us. Anyway, join us. It's really delicious. Also in this episode, we are going to catch up with some of the people we met on the way in our travels. We're going to talk to one of our dearest friends, Oshradia Kutiel. We met her working together in Otolenghi. She was uh, front of house. We were in the kitchen. We became very good friends. She got back to Israel and opened the most beautiful cafe and then another beautiful cafe. We love her food. We love her. She came on one of the shoot days that we did in Israel with the beautiful kids. We had the best time ever and we're looking forward to catching up with her. We're also going to be chatting to Patricia Nevin. She's been our photographer since the first book. We love working with her. She does all our books and she's done all our work for the FT. She's going to be chatting to us about some of these trips. She was on them with us, taking all the beautiful pictures in the book. So we're going to hear from both of them a bit later, but first we're going to cook. So our fire, our charcoal is kind of nice and glowy now. It's got the kind of red and maybe slightly white ash around it. And this is the time where you want to kind of even it all out so that you get a nice spread of the charcoal. 
that's it. Most useful piece of equipment you need is a nice pair of tongs. And then the rack goes back on and we're ready to cook. And then you want to check if it's really hot enough. You just want to put your palm there, like maybe 10 centimeters from the surface, and you shouldn't be able to keep it. So if you want to just recoil your hand, then that means you're good to cook. If you don't, then it's not hot enough and you just want to add a little bit more coal. Or if it's too hot that you can't even go near, then you want to wait a little bit for the fire to die down because then you're going to burn all your food. We're going to be grilling a whole aubergine. Now, grilling an aubergine, this is a base of everything that, that we do, isn't it? I suppose yeah. this is a staple in our restaurant, Honey and Smoke. And it's a staple for making any of those kind of mutabal, baba ganoushes, aubergine salads, zaluk, all of these, everywhere around the Levant has a version of what you do with a burnt aubergine. But we're going to like we twist just, it. Israel is a very faddish country. And there was a time in Israel that everywhere you went, all you could get was a whole roasted aubergine you with tahini what? inside. It's still on every family barbecue I've ever done. There's always at least one or two whole aubergines <laughs> going onto that grill. And then all you do is at the table, split them open and pour tahini on. Which is now it's kind of out of fashion in a restaurant, but it's still just as delicious as it always was. And this is what we're going to do. It is. And you kind of, I'm just kind of uh, bouncing my aubergine, I suppose. You want a nice kind of light, really firm skinned aubergine. It should sound nice and hollow. It should be firm without blemishes. Yeah, you just put it as it is on the grill, on the hottest place of the grill as well. So they go on. Okay, the aubergines on the fire, and while they're doing their thing, we're going to get everything that's going to be stuffed into that kind of burnt shell. And really, you want to give this some time. You need to really, really char these aubergines. Let's say 10 minutes on one side before we ever flip them, and then we flip them, and another 10 minutes on the other side. The idea is, is that kind of firm, bouncy flesh that we felt before should feel completely soft. Yeah, it needs to collapse completely. It needs to be cooked all the way. There's nothing worse than an undercooked aubergine. No, it's horrible. It's like it's eating really, a sponge, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Whereas when it's cooked, it's like this kind of, I don't know, it's like the flavor of God, isn't it? So what we serve with it is a quick chili garlic lemon dressing. You're going to make that. Yes, which is, this is the dressing that we call everything because we put it on everything. And everything is better for it. And it's so simple. It just has lemon, garlic and chili. Sometimes we add cumin, sometimes a little bit of sugar. But somehow all of these really strong flavors just mellow each other out into something that's quite gentle, punchy, but not aggressive at all. Okay, so start doing it rather it than talking together. about it. Yes, I'm going, I'm going. Hey, okay, okay. I'm just getting hungry by the idea of it. Cool. So we start with one red chili and dice it as fine as you can. And we are using the seeds because we like it quite punchy. If you wanna reduce the levels of heat, then just cut it in half, remove the seeds and the white membrane, which apparently the really spicy thing about a chili is not the seeds, but the white membrane. All right, there's some garlic as well. I'm gonna peel it for you. Some lemon juice, which I always like to squeeze on the board before I cut it open so all the juice is ready to go. And you could use like a mix of red and green chilies as well and it makes it prettier, but one type is enough as well. And this kind of, it really kind of cures it a bit, doesn't it, the lemon juice? It 
mellows that spice because I'm not a massive fan of raw chili. But in this dressing, it kind of... Really works. It, yeah, it brings it all down to like a place that's comfortable to, to eat and really complimentary. So the garlic sort of bash it against the board and then it's very easy to chop. Let's get a nice chunky piece. You don't want it too fine because the, the lemon will sort of cure it a little bit. So you don't want it to vanish. And then as you're chopping the garlic, can you also chop a bit of garlic for me just for the tahini? Yeah. And tahini, we're just going to keep it really simple. A tiny bit of garlic to go with it, some lemon juice as well, and some water, usually equal parts of water to tahini paste, a bit of salt and shake it up. Now this garlic, I'm just going to want it really, really crushed to a puree. And you really want it to meld into the tahini sauce. A crusher or a microplane or a grater would really come in handy here. <laughs> I'm just going to use the jar of the tahini to mix it in. So do you want to uh, tip it in? You can tip it in there, please. Do you want the lemon straight in here? Yeah. Juice of half a lemon, good sprinkling of salt. You have a bit of salt in your chili garlic no. dressing. I'll need some salt there. Put a touch of sugar as well. It just brings out the sweetness. And I'm going to add the water to my tahini. Aubergine's talking to us. I heard a little fits. It means it's time to flip those aubergines. We're cooking two, one for each one of us. And we flip them to the other side and they'll probably make some more sizzling noises as soon as all those liquids start to steam and bubble inside. And we're back to our tahini. I'm getting the lid on there. And I'm just gonna shake, shake, shake. it all about. Shake it all about. You do the tahini pokey. So we want to shake until it sounds thicker. It's going, it's going, it's becoming gloopy. Yeah, you can definitely hear yeah. the difference. <laughs> and you, now you can hardly hear it because it becomes so gloop, gloop. This is really nifty, we never do this. I do when it's the end of a tahini yeah. jar. Otherwise you do it in a bowl, it does the same thing. Oh, okay, now when you can't hear it anymore, that's probably... Oh, we're probably good. Let's open and have a look and a little taste. Nice. Magic. Look at that. Magic. Like a milkshake of tahini. Okay. Let's taste. Taste for seasoning. Yum. Yum. Good. You want to add some chopped parsley here? Yes. The parsley coarsely chopped. Add it to our dressing. I just want to add a little bit of sugar to the chili dressing. Sprinkling. Sprinkling. So we're just going to add a tiny bit of cumin to our chili garlic dressing. This is going to give it like a nice earthy base tone. So while the fire is catching and becoming really beautiful, we're going to have a little chat with some friends that we met along the way. Just a little trip down memory lane. Hello, Patsy. Hello, Patsy. <laughs> Hi, Sariti and Itzy. Hey, How hey. are you? How are we doing? Good. I'm thinking that we should travel somewhere. Where well, do you want to go? Well, we're taking you some, somewhere you've been with us a few times before. <gasps> I know, I know, I know. Pick me, pick me. <laughs> 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 
Uh, let's go to Israel, but you're going to have to wait for me because I'm going to get held up at the airport yeah. by security <laughs> for a while. <laughs> this is the drill. We get, we get out and wait for you. So we went around this time, which is kind of spring, two years ago to Israel. And when we left the UK, it was kind of nice, decent weather. But we were <laughs> welcomed. Betsy's laughing already. <laughs> yeah. With something rather different. It was the hottest, (laughs) even hotter than Australia. I mean, it was the the first heat wave of that year. Yeah, it was like a freak heat wave from the Sahara Desert. (laughs) It lasted every single day that we were there until about like three hours before we boarded the plane back, something like that. It did. It started drizzling as we were boarding the plane. That's when it broke. It was hot. And, and then, then we added to it both Itamar cooking over two barbecues, yeah, yeah. And, and a fire pit. So we don't we don't we don't remember much from this trip, do we? It's all a I bit think of especially. A, did you have sunstroke? There's so many of the pictures that I saw afterwards <laughs> that I had zero memory of. I was like, when did this happen? What is this place? What? Really, I think you were quite affected. Well, you were you were right there with me, weren't you, Fish? <laughs> no, I had a really sexy hat on. Yeah, you had your raggedy ass sombrero. Yes. Did you throw away this thing already? Yes. Hallelujah. And then every glass of water that we drank was just like nectar of the god. Yeah. Yeah. So. Also, just evaporated from our skin immediately. But uh, <laughs> let's talk about what we ate and cooked and stuff because we did quite a bit of that. So. Oh, we did. We went down to Accra, which is kind of the city closest, I suppose, to where I grew up. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a nice old walled city, Mm. fort city on the edge of the sea. Um, Is it one of the most, the oldest, most continually habited habited, places in the whole world or something? Under everyone's rule mm. along the along the many years it's existed and it's mm. got these kind of crazy tunnels underneath for escaping and it's oh, yeah. the main thing about it is it was built in these times where obviously air conditioning and all of that didn't exist. So it's all built in these like small alleyways and these big stones to keep the heat away. So it's kind of a, a refuge in this like crazy hot week where we're walking in these like little glimpses into the khans so like the big courtyards where the camel trails would kind of you remember it's like a car park for for camels and and you could get feed them and wash them and then above oh yes yeah back in the day sadly nowadays they're more like touristy kind of this is how the world changes there's no more camels traveling along the route yeah um really beautiful seafood and a nice market the market um, there is amazing. Yeah. It is really special, isn't it? There's spice. There's a really beautiful spice shop that I remember yeah. from beautiful our spice previous shop. trip. And wasn't there a hummus cafe? The best hummus, and it like served until the hummus runs out, and then you stop because it's a bit like uh, breakfast to early lunch food rather than an all day food. So you can, yeah, nice pillowy pita bread. Ah, oh, right. And then the fish oh, yeah. runs Delicious. out quite early. And then we took that home and grilled it, didn't we? In mm. the barbecues in the garden. Oh my gosh. Was it yeah. on the red mullet? On the bream. It was a bream come true. Bream. A bream yeah. come true. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> like a pilpil chuma, like a sauce, a tomato, but with lots and lots of spices that you brush onto the fish. So as you're grilling, it also caramelizes and kind of chars a bit and marinates the fish as well. And kind of bream's got a bit of like 
flavour to it, so it can take it really well. So that was really delicious. Oh, Travelling in the Middle East in, in springtime is the best time, isn't it? Because everything is so seasonal and this is such a beautiful time of growth. All these wild greens that get picked and stewed. And Patsy, wild greens is like one of your favourite things. Yeah. <laughs> food group. <laughs> really? I thought your favourite food group is baklava. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like if you get a nice green and you wilt it, oh, sometimes it can be in a pastry. There's nothing better, a bit of lemon, yeah. salt... Yeah, paste, put it in a pastry. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. Can that be the next book? Can we just do greens? Greens, greens of pastry. the world. Greens, <laughs> greens in pastry or just with lemon. A bit of garlic. But that was nice. And then we also, do you remember we did a day of barbecuing and we went to the beach at my sister's house? And Yes, we, we swam. What about the fires on the beach? Not that beach. Different beach. The other beaches. <laughs> what about the fires everywhere? Well, it oh, was... yeah, yeah. Bonfire night. It's the best holiday. <laughs> it's <laughs> such a good holiday. If you like fire, it is. <laughs> because it's... What's the food? What's the food for bonfire holiday? So it's very basic. It's potatoes that you wrap in foil. You string mm-hmm. them around on a metal wire for some... Why do you do the metal wire thing? I so don't know. So that you can pull it out of the fire in one go rather than looking oh, for them in the Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Clever, clever. I didn't think about this. <laughs> so you have a bonfire. You have this kind of massive necklace of potatoes. You throw them in the embers, so not on the fire, but just kind of to the side. Mm. And then they just kind of cook and smoke at the same time and the outside's completely charred. But the inside is so fluffy and smoky and sweet. Like it's the best holiday by far. Right. Can we talk about condiments? What What are the condiments? Salt, like not even. <laughs> sea. Yeah. Sea sand. <laughs> yeah. Grit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder if one day we're going to be able to, to go back home. <laughs> I'm not being pessimistic, oh. but it's been a while, hasn't it? Uh, it'd be nice yeah, to see families and friends and cook again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully in more forgiving weather. Not summer. Guys, travel to the Middle East, but do it in March. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> at the latest. Oh, it was so great. Thank you for taking me with you again. I loved it. I Until... love your family, Sarit, and your friends. Well, I won't vouch for them, but it was a pleasure <laughs> to have you. Thank you. Bye. 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 <laughs> 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That That was fun, huh? Yeah, it was great catching up. And I'm going to flip these aubergines one more time. We're almost done. So another turn. Ooh, sizzle. Really hear the air escaping from these. And they get a natural slit. I mean, do you remember this restaurant in Jerusalem? What was it? Ezra Kedem. Yeah, Arcadia. Arcadia. It was like so the He first... invented the aubergine, he didn't did. he? He did. He invented the aubergine. It was like <laughs> What was first... the inspiration for the invention of the aubergine? Uh, like the first, I suppose, fine dining, but local food, I suppose, in a way. Uh, kind of before this, you know, now everyone talks about these kind of innovative uh, chefs coming out of Israel and whatever. But back in the day when we were growing up, there wasn't much innovation. It was all this traditional, beautiful food, but nothing kind of elevated. And he was the first one to try and do kind of fine dining using local ingredients that yeah, I remember well, there, anyway. There's a few people vying for that title, but okay. And he had this dish of like a whole burnt aubergine. Just split open a bit of like grated raw tomato, tahini, yeah. raw tahini, grated tomato. It was really simple. And it kind of started this crazy trend that every restaurant would serve you a whole roasted aubergine. It would always be like with a different accompaniment. You'd always get a nice big spoon to scoop out the flesh. And it's just stayed. Yeah. So now it's like retro food, I guess. Yeah. It's like in the 80s when we started cooking like... Uh, Pesto and Alfredo pasta. Yeah, now if you have pasta with yeah. cream, it's like a retro thing, but it used to be the height of fashion, I suppose. Yeah, so this is now the, the retro dish. Okay, the aubergines on the fire, and while they're doing their thing... We just have time for a quick chat before we sit down and eat. Yeah, and, you know, builds up the appetite. Oshi! Oshi! Oh, it's so nice to see your face. So good to see you. So beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but Oshrat, we really became friends after you decided to leave England and go back to Israel while we were staying in England. It's true. It's true. So we, yeah. we met in London and I remember having kind of your goodbye drinks from work. We worked in the mm-hmm. same company. Yeah, And you had um, like 16 goodbye parties. I know. I know. We went to all of them. Too much. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And you come to visit us and we come and visit yeah, you. When I know. We can. And we are I feel very close to you, even though we haven't lived in the same country for quite a but, while. But uh, Itamar wants to take over your business because he loves Cafe Yael, which is your coffee. Yeah, Oshrat has the nicest, nicest two cafes. <laughs> yeah, change for a tenner like us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we all do that. We all just want to sell our businesses. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anyone just buy yeah. this business already? No, but it is one of the nicest um, places in the world. You. Your cafe is one of my favorite oh, places in the world. Guys. I love it. Oshat, you know, when we were in Israel last time and we were cooking, we forced you and your kids to come and, and cook with us, didn't we? 
Yes. Do you remember that day? <laughs> I, of course I do. I, I was telling Miranda about that. That's how <laughs> spontaneous you are. You always like keep everything kind of a secret. Kind of uh, loose. <laughs> kind of loose, exactly. It's not a secret. It's more just loose. And uh, yeah, we, we, we came over for, for a day at the beach. And then we went to your sister's house and we just kind of spent the day. And you were cooking this amazing food and photographing it. And I was just like amazed how by how kind of nonchalant and kind of, oh, yes, this is for the cookbook. And I'm like, seriously, this is for the cookbook? You're like at your sister's house. They're like children running around. Like you haven't really decided on the you dishes know, you yet. You know what they the, say with the fourth one, you don't, you don't care so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's like a fourth child. Who cares? We're just going to cook something nice. It's going to be delicious. My son still remembers this great big steak he had at Itamar Grilled. You know what? For, for whoever sees the book, there is such a good picture of your son yeah. with that steak. And really? he was like, yes. And he really didn't want his picture like taken. No but when the steak came out, he was okay to have his picture <laughs> But do you remember your kid, like not just your kids, my sister's kids and your kids were starving by the time we took them to the beach and came back. And by the time yeah. we they were the starving barbecue. and he wouldn't let them eat no. anything. <laughs> like, no, no. eats. <laughs> not, not until we take a picture. <laughs> yeah. but, but they, they sneaked definitely... a few bites. They sneak a few bites before dinner. They did manage well, to. Well, I distinctly remember turning around and watching their little mouths full of something. And I was like, what I are know. you eating? And they stole my plums from the show. Yeah, they were the, the plums plate. that were going to go with the chops, with the lamb chops. Yeah, I only had four plums and two of them were in the kid's mouth. I was like, ah, <laughs> no. But it's a great recipe, isn't it? Like it's so, I mean, what lamb chops is just the best thing anyway. Mm-hmm. Lamb chops is the best thing. And although I think you know that about me, that I don't particularly like sweet in my savory Yes. I think you master it. You make it so <laughs> delicious and so uh, full of flavor, but st- still like kind of delicate and it just works together. And I've kind of also adopted a few things in my, <gasps> no own, way. In my own recipes. Also, you're the, the queen of purists. How can you mix things now? <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm not such a purist anymore. I'm not such a purist anymore. Just like, okay, whatever works. <laughs> what are you cooking now, Oshrat? What's been cooking in your kitchens lately? Well, actually, today I made uh, these uh, chicken drumsticks with um, shesek, which I have no clue how you say. I don't think it exists. Lockwats. Okay, lockwats, which are kind of, you know, extremely in season at the moment. And you can just pick them off the trees. So I made this chicken with with them and just like this, uh, with a bit of... um, Uzo and uh, fresh th- yeah. uh, thyme and uh, that sounds amazing. You know, and uh, garlic and uh, serve them with a f- freaky kind of instead of rice, just like this risotto style freaky. How do you say them? Lockwats. Lockwats. Yeah. Lockwats. It's weird to buy it. I don't know if did you grow up in yeah. Israel? No, it's like a, it's we like just it's, bought some in the market literally yeah, now. And I still feel weird about buying them because you know we just like it's something that you pick off a tree. It's not something that you buy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I always think that about lemons in Israel. No lemons because there's always like somewhere there's like a tree of lemons, like wherever you go. Yeah, I know. But or, obviously, or, when or you serve food at a you know at a at a business at a restaurant or a cafe, yeah. then obviously you have to buy it. You can't count on you know the stuff picking it from the trees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> them to climb up a tree. Yes. 
So, um, and I think it evokes this kind of childhood memories in everyone here. So it's just like people are really happy to have it in their food. It's a bit acidic. It's not too yeah. sweet. It's really yeah, nice. Yeah, it's not sweet. Yeah. Oh, and I made okra for the first time now this year, um, this season, today also. Oh, nice. Just like this salad with um, uh, lentil salad, but lots of greens and seared okra, which is nice and crispy and fresh peas and uh, sprouting broccoli. um, So lots of greens in a lentil salad. That sounds Um, so good. Tell us a bit about Israel, because we obviously kind of grew up there, but actually we've not really been adults in Israel, I suppose, because we we left when we were quite young and we've been here ever since. But like in terms of like barbecuing and grilling and stuff like that, do people still do this? Is this still a... Am I kidding? <laughs> yeah. We call it a mangal. It's, mangal. it's the Turkish word. It's a Turkish word, yeah. Definitely. Everywhere. Everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. It's not so much um, popular in restaurants, to be honest. There's a gap in, in Israel, especially in Tel Aviv. I mean, between what people would go and eat out in restaurants to what, you know, what they would do with their families at home. You know, we are trying to create our sense of identity through the food, which is, you know, sometimes a bit clumsy, but, you know, it's it's getting there. But we are like this startup nation. So although we want to cook like really um, regional, uh, you know, uh, place-oriented food and stuff, we, also, we always have to be like really innovative and, uh, you know, and new and exciting. So it's a bit, you know, it's a bit of an oxymoron because you go to the restaurants and it's never like traditional food. It's always like, traditional food with a twist and it's very modern and it's very contemporary and then when you go to friends houses or you have a party or you know you host people then you would just do a mangal you would just barbecue you know you put a kebab on and <laughs> and have like a nice salad and a pita and pina. like real food that's it like you know because that's actually what we want to eat <laughs> it's really funny isn't it that the, you know we we kind of live on the on the best food but then pretend when we go to restaurants that we have to eat something more sophisticated i know i know i know and i think you know why why pretend i mean we just want to have nice food uh oshi yes you've become all serious yes. Yes. no because i'm really sad because i no just, i don't want to wrap up it was so fun <laughs> catching up we will talk again Oshrat. we just okay. might not record the next conversation <laughs> <laughs> darling thank you so so much always such a pleasure and we can't wait till we can see you again and be together again you know i, I miss know. you guys and maybe we thank can you for having me food yeah you know, it's been the yeah. highlight, highlight of my week. <laughs> it is for us as well. <laughs> All right. Big kisses. All right, Ellen. Much Good love. Day. Bye. Oh, my God. It's so nice to chat to, to people we haven't seen in so long because of this stupid pandemic. But honestly, I'm just ready to eat now. So this is our third turn. We'll almost have a... A few minutes and then last turn onto the fourth side. So imagine you're kind of really going all around the aubergine until it's completely melted. Because the aubergine is, has so much water in it, what happens now is as soon as it goes on the heat, these water, they're starting to boil and evaporate. And that creates steam within the aubergine skin. And this is what cooks the actual aubergine flesh, but also causes massive explosions. Yay! So at home, <laughs> stab it before. On the grill, you're fine to just put it on as it is. Yeah. If you want to be really safe, you can stab it on the grill, but we never do. No. And we cook like 
hundreds of these a day. Yeah. So these aubergines, they're almost deflated completely. No, they lose that structure. Yeah, the bounce. They're kind of almost flat in a way, and they lose resistance. So when you maybe poke them about with your tongs, there's no resistance. They just collapse down. And this is what you want. You want them to be completely soft, completely melting. And let's say also the skin is like black. Like yeah, very this black. is important. It's supposed to be because that's where that kind of smoky flavor is coming from. There's also this beautiful smell coming up from them, isn't there? This kind of fruity char. Yeah, fruity is the word I was it looking for because fruity. it's not it's not what you expect. Almost sweet smell. Yeah. And now it's really bubbling. I'm going to grab a plate. And just be careful, as you pull this off the grill, you want to keep the plate quite close to the grill because it is probably going to leak some water onto the grill as we take it. Yeah, you can... A bit of sizzling. Hissing there. A bit of hissing. Yeah. I always like to go in with a knife and just make sure the flesh is a little bit cut because it will all be in kind of long strands. But you want to be able to just scoop it with a spoon. And then some flakes of sea salt on the flesh is wonderful. And we're just going to have the dressing on it. Just going to pour it. This is where all your chopping work really pays off because it looks amazing. You see all the colors, you know, the red from the chilies, the white from the garlic, the green from the parsley. And you just want to let the juices of the dressing soak into the flesh of the aubergine. And what's really nice about this is that every mouthful is going to be is going to have a slight different balance. It's not a homogenous dressing. And now we're just going to add a drop of this tahini. This will make it really, really nice, creamy, and rich. And you can completely serve it like this. But at the restaurant, we always like to add just an egg yolk on top and then give it a little bit of char. Makes everything just a bit richer. Okay, so we're just going to keep the egg whites for another time and just use that egg yolk directly in the center. Do you want to grab one piece of charcoal for me? Yeah. The tongs are just over there. Yeah. And very carefully you pick up one charcoal and you just press it onto that yolk. It makes it smoky and it makes it set just a bit. Yeah, so you need a smallish, very hot piece of charcoal. Grab it with your tongs and you just... Press it down to the yolk. And just wait there for just a couple of seconds, just to kind of really char it properly. And the charcoal should just pull away carefully. Yum. That one's mine. Another oh. little sprinkling of salt. Because egg always needs a little just bit more. Just a bit on the yolk. And that's it, that's ready to serve. So here's our whole charred aubergine with uh, chili garlic dressing, tahini, and charred egg yolk. Exactly, and here are our our teaspoons, spoons, yeah. because I can't wait to tuck in. You wanna give, you wanna give it a try. And the main thing here is to just crack that bit of yolk into the flesh, get some tahini, get some yolk, get some aubergine, all in one. It's gonna be hot. Yeah, you definitely want to get, kind of, make sure that on each mouthful you have all the ingredients. Mm. Is it good? So good. Is it not super hot? It looks so hot. It's really hot, but like that little crunch of the chilies, which are kind of almost pickled in the lemon juice. And the hot flesh, it's really nice to eat this when the flesh is still hot, just off the barbecue. Mm. Mm. That is so delicious. 
Wow, the eggs in there is really, really good. I love it's kind of gone smoky. Yeah. Oof, there's a lot of heat there, huh? Yeah, it's a fair, it's a, it was a spicy chili. It was a spicy one. But this, you know, you don't eat the skin usually. You just kind of dig in with a spoon and all you're left with is kind of this black shell, empty shell. Mm. Mm. Nice, good recipe. <laughs> So guys, if you enjoyed cooking with us today, really hope you listen to the other four episodes in this series. It's kind of a mini series to give you inspiration, a summer project, say, of cooking on your barbecue, food from all around the Levant. We cooked in uh, Israel, in Egypt, in Jordan, in Turkey, and in Greece. We had such an amazing time. Hopefully, if you cook along with us, then you'll get a bit of a flavor of the trip we had. It will take you, transport you to another place until travel is completely safe again. Yeah, I hope you, you enjoy. And if you want to hear more or read more about our trips, it's all in our book, Chasing Smoke. We want to thank our guest and friend, Oshrati Kutiel and Patricia Neven. We want to say a big thank you to our producer, Miranda Hinckley, our audio engineer, Paul Brogdon, and to Daniel Winchell for our fancy new theme music. Special thank you to Louisa Kornfeld, a.k.a. Lulu, head of communication in Honey & Co., plus so much more, and to our dear friend, Polly Russell, for lending us her garden. It's goodbye for me, Sarit Packer. And for me, Tomas Rulovic. Thank you so much for listening. You wanted the last bit. Well, I want the yolk bit. Too slow. No. <laughs> Snooze, you lose. It's okay. I'm going to put another one on the grill for me now. And you're not getting a taste. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.